Welcome to the Critical Conversations podcast, hosted by two critical care nurses who are doing things differently. We're here to discuss our healthcare system, why preventative health is so important to us, and what you can do about it. What if I told you, you had the power to change the trajectory of your life? Would you do it? Welcome to Critical Conversations podcast number four. This is Laura. This is Bree. And today we are going to dive into the messy and complicated world of food that we've somehow been discussing a lot in our prior two podcasts um, with preventative health. A lot of it has to do with food and food plays a huge role in what our health outcomes are. So we're going to dive in and just kind of try to sort out fad diets, uh, food camps, and how we got here and what we think of it and trying to uncomplicate it for you guys to help you um, understand it better and make the best decisions for yourself in regards to food. Yes, absolutely. I think that there are so many dogmatic food ideas, fad diets out there, different groups that people are kind of trying to belong to in a sense, trying to fit into. And I think it's just getting so complicated. One thing works for somebody else that doesn't work for somebody. So somebody else preaches about the process that they're going through and it just kind of is constantly in question. What should I eat? Like what the heck should we eat? (laughs) We are both not disclaimer, but truth be told, we are both like really into um, Dr. Mark Hyman's new book, What the Heck Should I Eat? And that's partially the inspiration for this um, particular podcast. But honestly, it's just something that's very much in our face, especially with Instagram and on a day-to-day basis. If you stay up late enough, you have all sorts of commercials that are trying to get you to do weight loss diets or supplements. Um, and every page you turn, you hear of different kinds of diets and different approaches to food. And not necessarily that any of them are wrong, but it does confuse the average person who's just looking to figure out how to be healthy and how to be fit. Um, and I definitely was one of them right. historically. So let's just lay them out. Let's lay them out before we kind of dive into, because Laura and I both have our own individual stories and we're totally going to share that with you guys today as far as like what diets we've tried and what worked for us and what didn't. Spoiler alert, it all circles back to real food. Um, (laughs) I mean, really, it's that simple, but it it really does. It all circles uh, back to us eating like our great grandparents. Yeah. Like okay. it's that simple. All right. It's really hilarious, but we will, we're going to walk you through it and kind of break it down. So it seems less complex. And so it seems actually like tangible and hopefully empowering to you. And you can walk away kind of, um, with a better understanding of what you're looking for and how to approach. Food. Yeah. And maybe like keyword, you just said, walk away walk away from this podcast, but maybe you can walk away from the dogmatic way of eating that you have identified yourself with, or maybe walk away from that fad diet you've been struggling with that hasn't really been working for you. Just keep in mind, keep an open mind, um, that there's so many different ways of eating out there, but we really just want to 
simplify the heck out of it. So things that come to my mind, and Laura definitely add onto this list if I miss anything, but when we refer to like dogmatic ways of eating, we're referring to the standards of vegan, vegetarian, paleo, keto, um, high fat, low carb, high carb, low fat, and then the fad diets of Atkins, Whole30, um, all just Jenny Craig. Oh yeah, Weight Watchers. All these different yeah ways that people are marketing as the best way to eat. Do you think we named them all? I'm sure there's so many more that we're missing. I'm gonna I throw in the one that I named earlier when we were discussing this by ourselves pre-recording. Um, <laughs> pre-recording, we were actually kind of just discussing our own histories. And I'm going to throw in the ones that go along with fitness workouts. A lot of, um, there's some standardized things, but one in particular, and I'm not, and I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just throwing things in and that's what we're doing here. We're just trying to discuss each thing as they are. Um, and for me, one of the ones that I actually tried out was, um, Beachbody's fit whole, what it was in that whole 30, um, 21, 21 day. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they and their little containers. And so color um, coordinated sized <laughs> containers. Oh, we didn't discuss macros <laughs> and macros. So there's, there's lots of, there's lots of approaches. There's mathematical approaches. There's dietary restriction approaches. There's calorie counting. <laughs> there's yeah. all sort, that's what I meant by mathematical, but there's like, there's all sorts of, um, very restrictive, usually restrictive, not usually like encouraging pro whatever. It's usually con something like don't do something, but, um, different approaches to food and kind of like a different mentality. And a lot of them are very dogmatic, um, almost to the point that you feel bad if you quit them, um, or you feel great if you like succeed in whatever amount of days it is. And again, nothing that is nothing's inherently wrong with each of those things, but we want to kind of break it down and simplify why maybe having a freedom from all of that might be best and yeah. might be the most sustainable. Yeah. Let's talk about our stories first and then kind of go into why and correlate it back to the people listening because we're people too. We are not perfect by any means. We've consistently continue to read nutrition articles, nutrition books, listen to all the fad information, and we've fallen victim to it time and time again. Um, And we both have our own story behind why we are here today and why it's so important to us to kind of just really enforce not necessarily paying attention to all the rules, but paying attention to the ingredients of what you're eating. So, And paying attention to your body. Yeah, and how that food yeah. that you're eating is making you feel more than yeah. anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you kick it off, Brie? Uh, okay. So I would say my story, um, growing up in Arizona, both my parents worked full-time. I wasn't raised on, like, consistently home-cooked meals. I would say I ate a fairly good amount of processed packaged fast food, that kind of stuff growing up. But I was always a fairly healthy kid. Um, never really thought much about food or diets because I wasn't concerned about my weight. I was 
privileged enough not to have to care about that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I was healthy. I was eating foot-long meatball subs from Subway and different things that I wouldn't even consider eating now just because I know the ingredients that are in them, not necessarily the calories. Um, When I got to college and I was walking across campus at University of Arizona as a freshman, totally open-minded to everything I was learning, somebody handed me a pamphlet from PETA. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And that blew my mind. I had no idea. I had, I had never heard about factory farming. I didn't even know factory farming was a thing. I didn't know that there was a difference in the way we raised and grew our food. And it just really expanded my awareness of what I was eating. So from that day, I decided I was vegan. I just went vegan. I told my friends, my family, I'm going to be vegan. This is it. Like what, how and why could I eat continue to eat this when the animals are being treated this way. So I mm-hmm. went into that dogmatic way of eating for a while. Um, I really tried to stick with it, but honestly, if I look back on it, I was suffering inside. There was a lot of times where I would be at parties or gatherings or events and I was turning down food because it didn't meet my requirements. Um, and I slowly started to lose weight. Probably it was actually probably quicker than it was slower. Um, weight that I didn't have to lose. And I had to transition away from vegan to vegetarian. But after you speak so loudly about your viewpoints and the things that you are doing and why you're doing them, it's really hard personally to tell people that you're changing your ways. So I had to go through that whole process. I started eating dairy and chicken and fish again, slowly, rarely, um, was vegan vegetarian for almost 10 years um really stuck to it yeah it was a really long time time. that I hadn't had any red meat at all and it all went back to that one flyer that one group that told me why I shouldn't eat red meat and why I shouldn't eat meat in general and it really stuck with me I believed them but now we know we haven't talked about our health histories in depth yet on the podcast but we will Um, Now I personally know that eating vegan, vegetarian for that amount of time was so bad on my body internally that it ended up with a lot of long-term consequences that developed over time. I ended up being severely deficient in B12 and a few other things that were completely out of balance. Um, Were you, I'm going to pause you, I don't think that vegan or vegetarian obviously is bad for everybody i don't think everyone's body responds i completely like agree i think there's some people that can absolutely thrive and survive on it right and it sounds like you couldn't but it also were you seeking like professional help when you were a vegan to make sure you were getting the nutritional support nope i wasn't aware okay. really that so you, it could have been a problem so you were going only like basically solely on like an ethical issue but you weren't so you weren't really doing it on a health platform you're right doing it on like an ethical platform right i wasn't doing it to lose weight the, i the health like problems that could occur right i had okay. heard that it was the healthiest way of eating so i believed okay. that i had heard that you needed to supplement some people needed to supplement with b12 but i never fully understood and you assumed that you were healthy yeah i never understood yeah. the depth of that need to supplement i guess and it's still one of my deepest burning questions when it comes to the vegan movement. I fully support people who are vegan. I think it can work really well for a lot of people, but I've genuinely struggled with understanding 
if vegan is truly the way we're supposed to eat, as most vegans claim that it is, why do we have to supplement with B12? Why does eating a vegan diet cause a B12 deficiency? If we are supposed to be solely and strictly plant eaters, why can our body not absorb readily available B12 from plants? Why don't plants have larger amounts of readily available B12 for our bodies? That's my biggest question. And I've asked a lot of vegans this question and they usually stutter on the answer. So I'm frustrated with that part of it. It's a much bigger conversation. Sure. I know having this conversation alone is going to frustrate some people, but that's where I stand on it. I don't think that there's any one perfect way of eating that is supposed to cause a deficiency in our bodies. Right. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I was also taking it really seriously, thinking I was doing everything right and I was doing it better than most because I wasn't the vegan who was trying to survive. Oreos are vegan. You can eat Oreos (laughs) and drink Coca-Cola and you're still considered a vegan. I found that out this week. That's really funny that you're saying that. Right. So like there's different types of vegans, like some vegans that are truly only doing it for ethical reasons that aren't really aware of health and nutrition and food at all. They can survive off of processed packaged food. And when I say survive, I mean survive. It doesn't mean internally they're healthy long term, but those foods are considered vegan according to the dogmatic food rules. Technically, if you yes, and if you're being dogmatic, which is the perfect word to use, and yeah. which is why we're discussing it like that. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of yeah, the thing that got into me, your mold. Right. It got me aware of the ingredients and the nutrition and the benefits of plant-based foods. So it kind of expanded my awareness on why eating a salad was so important and what the benefits in my fruits and vegetables and greens and legumes were. But still, long-term, it wasn't giving my body the nutrition it needed. And there's a big complicated combination health history there of why it didn't work for me. But that was kind of the path that led me. Vegan, vegetarian, developed chronic issues that were showing signs externally and internally in my body. I got some tests done showing me my deficiencies in it then allowed me to make that conscious decision to reintroduce meat into my diet because of the deficiencies I was having. I realized that my ethical way of eating wasn't doing good for my body. It wasn't serving you. Long term. Right. Right. I thought it was serving me and the world and the population because of everything I had been told, but it truly wasn't working for me. Um so the body yeah. wasn't thriving on it. Right. So I've right. since transitioned due to the whole story of why I had to go through my elimination diet and things and figured out what I could and couldn't eat. And now I've kind of escaped from all those rules except for avoiding gluten because that's truly what I'm allergic to and what doesn't work for me. And I've since let go of mm-hmm. the other rules around food. And I don't have anything to speak on as far as fad diets go, but I know with you speaking <laughs> on your 21-day fix color-coordinated container, <laughs> you've got that side of things fully covered. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually really good because you had a very different experience than I did. And growing, I when I grew up, I grew up on the East Coast. I am one of seven children. There were seven of us. Yes, I know that's exceptionally shocking to most people. Um. And with seven kids living in one house and under one paycheck, um, you have to really make ends 
kind of meat. And so we didn't eat super high quality food. We ate food and my mom cooked food and we had a lot of craft mac and cheese and hamburger helper, um, hamburger helper. <laughs> and we had steamed broccoli and we had lots of frozen vegetables. Um, and I had a box of cereal day in high school and I'm not joking when I said that. Um, I actually didn't really know much about nutrition probably until I took a nutrition class in college for nursing school. Um, and up to that point, I probably didn't really eat much salad. I don't think I really, salad was a part of my life. Um, calories weren't really a thing. I was very into sports and I never really considered what I was eating ever. Yeah. Um, it wasn't ever a problem. I, I probably burned, I don't even know. Cause it doesn't matter. It wasn't something that was on my radar when I was in high school. Um, which was great. I'm really glad it wasn't, but, right. but moving on to college, um, I was no longer doing sports. I was starting to learn about nutrition, but like kind of in the most basic sense, like calories, a calorie pyramid, that I, kind of stuff. I am telling you the truth. I thought a calorie was a calorie until like maybe four years ago. I remember learning that in nursing school. Like yes, a calorie is calorie. Yeah, there's different forms of it is what I was told, but they're all the same. And so I started doing and and truly 100% like mentality wise, I never was, I never had distorted eating and never had any sort of eating disorder. But if looking back on it, the way that I was approaching things was not healthy. So I, a calorie is a calorie, calories in, calories out is what I was told. So basically what I would do is I would either do payment for what I was going to do, or I'd punish myself for what I did. And so that's kind of like how I lived for I don't know, years, like years into like becoming a nurse. And I would either go running knowing I was going to go out drinking that night or knowing I was going to go and get like whatever huge meal. Yeah. Um, and it was either payment or punishment. And, um, I say that now looking back on it and hindsight's 2020, like you can see it very clearly once you have learned about it and have exited that point. But in the moment I thought I was doing the right thing. Like sincerely, hundred percent, I would run and I would, I would even count calories. I used, um, what is it called? My fitness pal. Is Where you could pal? like plug in the food. Where you that could plug in everything. I would scan barcodes. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought that that's what you should do. So you were aware of the calories in your food because you were looking at food solely for calories. You were seeing how many calories you were putting in problem. your body. Yeah. I was looking at a math problem. It didn't actually even matter to me where the calories were coming from. Like I wasn't like, I'm going to do low carb. I did adhere to the low sugar or sugar free and low fat because that seemed right. Like that's what I learned was right. Right. And that's as much as I knew. And I didn't actually know at the time. I'm a, I'm very inquisitive by nature, but I didn't really know that I should be questioning that as much as I should have been. Right. I remember and it was a joke between me and my college roommates. Like we would go to McDonald's and Panda Express and things. And if we had worked out that day, it was like a free for all. It had right. nothing That's, to do with the type of food we were eating because we right. ate McDonald's regularly anyways. It was just part of our like 
our lifestyle, but it was sure. all like we can eat more today. We can have whatever. Right. We so that's want. what I mean by payment. Yeah, because we went so to the gym. So you've paid for it because you've earned it. So that's payment. And then the next, like the next day, if you like did something that you weren't planning on doing, and so you ran an extra long time, that's punishment. Right. And so that's kind of the strategy I live by. And I, I, I did see it as a strategy. Like I was like, this is how you stay fit. This is what you do. Right. Um, and so basically it, it created peaks and valleys. It, um, my food, I didn't do a lot of like fat diets, not like I wasn't like going to Adkins. I was always pretty fit. So I wasn't like going here and going there and like trying different stuff out and failing chronically. But I did, um, in 2015, the fall of 2015, I decided I was going to do, I was really unhappy with the shape of my body. I was doing lots and lots of cardio and I was still doing the same idea of payment and punishment. That's actually really recent. Yeah. So I, we moved from New York City to California um, and basically everything after, after U- University of Virginia. So everything after 2013 was like a celebration. Like we were always celebrating something. Yeah. And it was like, we got engaged. We moved to this city. We started a new job. Everything was, everything was a celebration. And how, I mean, I'm not complaining. How amazing is life that you can celebrate all the time? That's awesome. <laughs> but at the same time, like... Every time you go to move to a new place, it's like, hey, let's go out for a drink. So there's like constant drinks. Right. Ben and I experienced um, that definitely and that, living it, in California. that adds up. And then like constantly going out to dinner and that adds up because you're not making dinner. You don't know what's in it. And so um, I, I just put on a little extra f- like fluff that I didn't feel comfortable with. And any person would look at me and be like, you're crazy. Um, you're thin. And I was never ever like overweight but I didn't feel comfortable and I and so I went to try to do the 21 day fix it's a beach body program again nothing wrong with beach body um I did this program though and they give you like little mm-hmm. serving sizes and that's part of their 21 day fix color coordinated plastic containers that you're supposed to put your food in but here's the deal if you break that down and you actually dive into that that's macro counting yeah what they're doing for you is macro counting so they're like you can put this in you can have this much in this this is your fat container your fat container was like teeny tiny um i i did terrible on that like i basically became a raccoon like i was like a a nighttime scavenger (laughs) and I just like went off the deep end. As soon as I became like restricted to that level, I like lost control. I'm just picturing our next metaphor. Don't be a raccoon. Don't be a nighttime (laughs) scavenger. (laughs) Okay. True story. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. True story. Um, There was one night in Josh's residency. And so we must've been, it must've been like 2000, between 2008 and 2013 that He woke up in the middle of the night to me eating a bowl of cereal in the broom closet (laughs) because I was, I didn't want to wake him up and I didn't want to make too much noise, but I was starving. It was the middle of the night. (laughs) And here's, and here's what I learned from all of that is that it, it didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, I was hungry all the time. I wasn't, I, I would restrict myself between 1200 and 1500 calories because that's what I was told I should be doing. And that's what everyone else was doing. And they're like, this is what you do. You only need 1,200 to 
1500. And the the reality is my metabolic basic rate to just survive in bed all day is 1300 calories. Right. Absolutely. So if I think most people don't understand that, that means without doing anything, your body just functioning 1300 calories just to be alive i think a lot of people forget that part of the calculation when they pay attention to what they're eating versus what they think they're burning so if you're if you need 1300 calories to be alive and i'm making that like a ballpark figure it's not that's not a little bit more right yeah if you need 1300 calories to be alive in bed all day doing 1200 calories and and so only eating $1,200 and also exercising on top of that is sending your body into just complete chaos. Yeah. And it'll start to cannibalize itself. So I was hungry all the time. No wonder I was waking up in the middle of the night to eat cereal in the closet. Um, I was hungry. I was yeah. hungry. I wasn't feeding myself well. And I actually didn't understand this. So I want to ask you something real fast. When you were calorie counting and restricting at that level, were you like with me, I cut out all animal products, like cold turkey. Uh-huh. I just quit eating animal products. Were you aware of cutting out any sort of food group or no, were no, you no, just, no, no. you were strictly just no, paying no, no. A calorie calories. was a calorie yeah. to me. So you're like, eating anything it, and everything. No, whether it was a glass of wine or whether it was... A cup of spinach okay. didn't matter. Got it. It it was it was exclusively about a math equation. Nutrients do not matter. <laughs> I did not have any idea that nutrients matter. Yeah. And that sounds so stupid thinking about it now, but I don't think that the majority of the population understand at this very moment that nutrients matter as much as they do. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, And I hope that there's some people out there that are listening to this and they're like, I'm that girl. I'm right there. And I can tell you the truth that I'm happier than ever. And I'm probably eating more than I ever have. And um, maybe in better shape than I ever was before. But my my journey kind of took a shift when I started doing a program. I started, um, I decided something needed to change and... And I decided to start looking at what I was eating and then I started reading ingredients and started learning more about ingredients and then the idea of real food and then like my rabbit hole dive into the, the microbiome that made me really consider what I was eating and understand nutrients a lot better. And just through my own education, I came to the conclusions that all calories are not equal. Right. Lots of calories are not equal, that I needed a lot more fat that I was getting and as soon as I increased my fat and I paid attention to the food, I was not hungry anymore. Before you get too far away from doing 21-day fix, how... Oh, gosh. I already know the answer to this, but I want you to share it with everyone else. Like, how long did you do it and did it end up working for you long-term? I didn't do it for 21 days. That's You didn't even make sure. it for 21 days. I think I made it maybe two weeks. And I was really upset with myself. Like, I was really upset with myself. Because I felt like a failure. Yeah. And at that moment, like it makes me mad thinking about it now because I think that a lot of people feel like that if they can't get through something. Yeah. Like, I can totally relate to that just on they're the They're like, I'm a failure. Spectrum. I should have been able to do this and I couldn't do this. Right. And I was like, it's only 21 days. How could you have messed this up, Laura? Like I remember 
being pissed with myself. Because it's not a natural way of eating. Like you can't do that. But I didn't know that. And so not only did I know that, not know that, but then I messed it up and then I felt like a failure and I felt like I failed myself. I felt exactly the same way when I had to realize that vegan was not working for me. Like I had spoke so loudly and proudly about why I was vegan that when I was paying attention to that, I was starving and it was not working for me and I needed to start eating a bigger variety of foods. It was so hard to admit that. And for a while, I wasn't literally sitting in a broom closet eating things, but I was eating the things to start to reintroduce them to my body before I was allowing anyone else to realize that I was eating them. And I felt like I was hiding in a broom closet to eat the foods that I wanted to eat. Yeah, it's like shame spiral eating. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and truthfully, guys, we're sitting here laughing about it because it's it's just such a – feeling shameful about your eating is such a ridiculous concept. Yeah. Because if you're truly eating to feed your body – Nourish your body. Yeah, and to love yourself because your body needs fuel to live. And not only does it need fuel, you should be enjoying that. And you should feel no shame in enjoying that. And I'm not saying like you should go out and binge on a box of Oreos. I'm just saying that like you should feel good about what you're eating and you should feel good about about all the things that your body may be asking for. Mine was asking for lots more fat and usually me being previously like a low fat girl, like eating a whole avocado felt bad to me at first. I was like guilty. Well, cause you were taught to measure the avocado. You were taught to pay attention to the portions of the avocado. And like, do you know how many calories an avocado has? <laughs> and I was like, to get away from that was truly freeing. But let's just discuss the different food groups that are presenting themselves now by food groups. I mean, food camps and dogmas Yeah. Um, and kind of what's current in March of 2018 and I'm getting comments and questions about this all the time. Like, what do you think of keto? And what do you think of this? And I reply to every single person, what do you think of it? (laughs) It doesn't matter what I think of it. What do you feel about it? And I think that really, really is what it is. Like, if you really feel strongly and you feel great about doing keto and you want to do it because whatever your why is, cool. Right. Do it. But do not feel enslaved by anything. I think that, that that's huge because we all connect and correlate and feel empowered by different messages and different groups at different times in our lives. And just like I was handed that pamphlet about factory farmed meat and I changed the way of eating that day because of it, I then became enslaved by the message of it. And I felt like I had to continue eating that way, even when inside intuitively my body was telling me it was not working for me. I was fighting back. You, you pressed mute. Yeah. I kept saying, no, I have to do this. I have to keep pushing through this. I've already told so many people. Um, and I've all, and I also learned so much about factory farmed raised meat and it is still terrible. I still agree with that. But I've also learned that there's a different way of approaching it and that I don't have to cut meat out of my diet altogether. I just have to To be, right. I still have, I just have to be more mindful of the type of meat I'm choosing. And I also do not eat meat anywhere nearly as frequently as I used to before I was aware of it. Right. So becoming enslaved by any one food group, food rule is huge. 
if something, if you feel ashamed of going outside of that, you're enslaved by it. Yeah. If you feel like you have to go eat something in secret in the broom closet, you're enslaved by it. Yeah. That's a good gauge. Like if it's going to make you feel ashamed or guilty or bad, you're enslaved by it. So if it's not, and you're like, I'm eating keto, but every now and then I eat a potato because I like it. Yeah. That's great. Do it. Like, if that works for you, do it. If vegetarianism works for you, perfect. If you want to be a vegan and you have every reason and it works for you and you're making sure that your health is still in good shape and you're just, you're ticking along and it feels good, perfect. Do it. Um, but what we're trying to say is not to overcomplicate it, but also don't be enslaved by anything. Like you should not feel ashamed of what you're eating. Yeah. I almost, we are at a 30 minute mark. We've kind of dug into our stories and our passion behind the food camps and the food rules. I'm thinking maybe we need to divide this. This can be part one of a part two series and we can continue on just so we don't drag this topic out too long and give you time to absorb it. Um, how do you feel about that, Laura? Do you have any last No, that last feels good. I think that you want to throw in there. I, you guys, I do love metaphors. <laughs> if you know me, you know I love metaphors. It's going to fuel our Instagram page with all the I metaphors. Think, I think it's helpful kind of to just see a different perspective on it in a different way, but um no, I think we can stop there for a moment. I think that you guys dig deep right now, do a project, do some homework before we start up the next one and think about what you subscribe to. Um, what do you believe in? What is your why behind yeah, what you believe why? in? You need to know why you're doing what you're doing. Ask yourself if you are paleo or vegan or vegetarian or keto or subscribe to any food group. Ask yourself if you feel ashamed if you go off base. Yeah. And how is it making you feel on a daily basis? Does it make your body feel like it's thriving? Truthfully, this is just a truth moment. You don't ever have to tell anyone about this moment. This is between you and yourself. Decide if you feel like it's working for you. That is your project, and we're going to move on to the next one soon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Um, We have received so many messages at this point, and I've even received screenshots, and I know, Laura, you've gotten these messages too, of people taking notes during our podcast, and they send us pictures of the notes they've taken and just sharing videos with their friends and family on the topics and what they've learned and just different things we've said that have stood out to them, and that means the world to us. It's incredible to see you guys learning with us, expanding the conversation, and that's exactly why we show up and that's why we created this podcast platform called critical conversations because we want you to be part of the conversation with us so keep tagging us keep sharing your stories and sharing the message with your friends and family and we are going to make this part one of a part two we think series hopefully it doesn't go longer than that and we'll keep recording based off of all the dogmatic food groups and fad diets and what our viewpoints are from there So thank you guys for listening and we will see you over at episode number five.